Welcome to Show Me Something Wrong. Oh, where each episode one of us chooses a movie to watch that the other hasn't seen. The movie is often obscure, usually odd, and always wrong. I'm Dave. And I'm Guy. And I've chosen the movie, and it is Death Powder! <laughs> Should probably check if that, uh, that stops the audio. <laughs> So I'm very excited to talk about this one. So I'm rubbing the old hand. This mic is probably <laughs> kicking on me. Sounds like shuffling things. Or there's no stopping me. I'm uh, <laughs> I've been infected by the death powder, mm. and I'm shuffling. I'm moving. I'm dripping. Don't ask from where. <laughs> Got yogurt pouring out of your mouth like there was a lot of in this film. More yogurt Ooh. than I expected to see. Well, it is 1986 science fiction Japan dystopian yeah. world. Yogurt was popular back then. Death Powder, Dave. Death Powder. So, Death Powder is one of those many cases where a film is far more known outside of its home country. Is that true? I didn't know that. Very much so. But I think Death Powder is the greatest example of this. It's quite amazing, this film. And and all the people involved, absolutely incredible. But it's amazing how unknown this film is in Japan. Hmm. This film has been talked about a lot already from... English speakers. <laughs> a foreign, a, a, non, whiter, whiter, a non-Japanese perspective. Crackers, yeah. Um, and it's it's a well-known film. It's talked about a lot. Yeah, I knew Although that. it's... Uh, I knew still it. A, oh, oh, fuck it. If you knew it, everyone bloody knows it. But it's like, it's even though it's an underground film and it's very obscure, it's still a film that kind of like pops up into conversation quite a lot. But there are so, so, so many things about this film that... No one has talked about yet. Mm. No one. Ever? Ever. Ever, Dave. Shit. Well, maybe someone did, because... Anyway, because someone... I had to learn it from someone, yeah. but... <laughs> it's, all, it's all things you I just invented. made up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, bloody eating yogurt. <laughs> so, um, even though this film is talked about a lot, I'm sure lots of people have already seen it, uh, there is definitely, definitely something in this podcast that I guarantee you do not know. Maybe multiple things. So, um, bear with us. Bear with us. What a way to introduce the podcast. It's going to be a bear great one. It's going to be a good one. So, bear with us. It's going to be a good one. Bear with us. You might not, because you might be like, oh, fucking Death Powder. I know this film. It's oh, made by I that see. guy. Like, you know, I Japanese see. cyberpunk. You know, I know this already, but... Switch it off. Exactly. Don't switch it off. Bear with us. Because uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna blow your mind. Everyone will be drinking yogurts by the end of the day. So... <laughs> Oh, you're right. <laughs> so, probably drinking yogurts by the end of the day. Ah, oh, dear. Bear with us, guys. Bear with, Bear with us. It's, it's been a long weekend. <laughs> so, unsurprisingly, this film never made it big anywhere. Anywhere. Not in Japan. Or anywhere else. But at least for us, the Western folk... Um, it is most known as being the film that started the Japanese cyberpunk genre. And just for perspective, this was released in 86, and uh, Tetsuo, the uh, poster child of Japanese cyberpunk, as I like to call it, was released in 89. Mm. So people say this was the first um, release in the Japanese cyberpunk genre. So a quick look at cyberpunk. Um, A lot of it is rooted in, like, science fiction novels from the 60s, um, but the Japanese cyberpunk 
uh, genre as we know, the, the label, Japanese cyberpunk, that all of these films, like Death Powder, Tetsuo, um, Pinocchio, all those films get lumped into, the label didn't actually come out until after Tetsuo was made. Right. Like, this wasn't like, for example, the Dogma 95 movement, where you had a bunch of directors who were out to make uh, similarly themed films with a set of rules and things they had to follow. This was just where a group of people who shared a, I guess, common fear or anxiety of where Japan was in that place economically, um, and they just happened to make these similarly themed, like, films. Mm. And then us Westerners, not us as in us, you and me, Dave, but we just created this term to lump them all in together. But the uh, the point I'm trying to make is... um the majority of people outside of Japan know about this film because it gets mentioned whenever there is an overview of the Japanese cyberpunk genre or like when people love to compare anything to Tetsuo because mm. they share some sort of um, similar themes. But in Japan, however, while the director is a household name, uh, Shigeru Izumiya, he is extremely famous, very, very famous. Um, he is known as a singer, songwriter primarily. He's kind of dubbed the uh, Japanese Bob Dylan by many. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he has 46 albums. Jesus yeah. Christ. He is a busy man. Um, and obviously this kind of came out in the 80s, so he's since passed his heyday, but at least for like the generation above ours, everyone, now I'm saying everyone, the whole of Japan, mm. <laughs> knows him. He's yeah. just like such a, um, you know, a, a famous person. It's literally like saying like, you know who Bob Dylan is, you know. Mm, Bob Dylan directed a cyberpunk film. <laughs> I kind of like to see that. That'd be cool. Can you imagine? Harmonica over the top. I wouldn't like to see that. <laughs> nah, nah, scrap that. I'm taking that one back. Uh, so yeah, everyone, like the generation above ours knows him as a singer-songwriter. The generation or our generation and the younger generation know him more as an actor. Right. So he does a lot of acting work. Um, but... Also, apart from those two things, he does lots of, um, like, oh, he's a painter, he's an artist, he does cooking-related activities, he does, like, soup kitchen stuff. Right. He, uh, he's very much, like, into contributing to society, hmm. and he donates lots of music, uh, music royalties and music rights hmm. to places that have been affected by natural disasters, which there are many of in Japan, uh, but he seems to be doing a lot to help his nation, you know? Right. He's very much put himself out there and donating whatever he can to help people, which is something we will get back to um, at the end of the podcast as well. Mm. Basically, he's a nice guy. Hmm. Good man. That he's Miya Shigeru. This absolutely fucked film. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good man. But apparently, this is kind of going a bit off track. When he was... Um, well, whenever when he made this in, in 85, 86, he was very much... I guess you would say an anarchist. <laughs> someone said on, he, he was on a TV show recently and someone said like when he was younger, he was very, um, I think they said pointy was the word. Pointy. Okay. <laughs> Which I guess was, would kind of translate to he was kind of like, I don't know, it was, it was uh, an anarchist with arrogant, not, what was the word I'm looking for? I don't know. <laughs> it's pointy, Dave. He's pointy. But now he's become round. Right. Okay. He's a, he's a, <laughs> was once a pointy man. Now he's now a round, he's a round man. man. Yeah. Okay. And he says that's down to him having a um, a, a grandson now, and it's made him all soft and lovely. But mm. apparently, back in the day, he was like fucking aggressive and pointy. Kind of, he's a pointy. He's mm. pointy. 
is a conehead. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, so I don't know, what, what, how, how familiar are you with this guy, Izumi Ashigeru? Not at all. I had Good. never heard of him. Awesome. Yeah. Because you are more familiar with him than you think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. As a director, he unfortunately only has three credits. Yeah. Mm. But he has over 80 as an actor. Okay. Yeah. Which is how I mentioned before, the, the our generation, the one, the one below us, know him mm. more as an actor. Um, but basically, he was in um, Burst City, um, Panic High School from Ishisogo. Mm. And your mate, Obayashi, he was in uh, His Motorbike, Her Island. Okay. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one of his, his best Ooh, films. Oh, good. Apparently, he's in that. And um, a film that I only know about because you mentioned it to me, and it was kind of apparently his lost film, which is um, Shigatsu no Sakana, which is like a- The Fish of April. Oh, yeah, yeah. For a long time, that was very right. hard to find. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is that mm. now it's, available? It's, uh, yeah, recently become a lot easier to find. Mm. Yeah, and there's like a nice H- HD version of it floating around yeah good stuff you might have the answer um for this one because i don't but that title so the so the title for that film is uh shigatsu no sakana which is the exact same way to write um skamoto shinya's like a snake of june as in Mm. bakugatsu no hebi like in japanese they are written in the same kind of style Mm. but the the english title that i am gonna assume someone has just made and put up is just april fish Right. <laughs> so if you look on like any website, mm. it's just April fish. Right, right. It's not like the fish of April, which mm. if you think about how a snake of June was translated, that would be the kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, the way to translate it. Before but- seeing the title of this in English, mm-hmm. I had always seen it for some reason translated into a, a French title. Oh, interesting. So it was always uh, Poisson d'Avril. <laughs> well, there you go then. And uh, yeah, only recently I've started seeing it as as April April fish. fish. It's like it's so direct that I think like, oh yeah, bloody old April fish. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> there seems to be so much like better ways to translate. Yeah, yeah. A f- well, I would say a fish of April. I don't know. Uh, I could be wrong. It I, could be his uh, his wish to call it April fish. Yeah, yeah. A bit of a shit one though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really keen to see that. I, I wonder if um, yeah. What, sorry, what's his name again? The Death Powder director. Oh, Izumiya Shigeru. Yeah, I, I wonder if he. So that April Fish film uh, stars Takahashi Yukihiro okay. from YMO. All right, the one who mm. one of the two members that passed away mm. recently. So mm. I wonder if his like music connections is why is why he's in that that film. Perhaps could be because okay. that is something we'll also get back to later. Because there's a lot of people like that in this film. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I had a feeling watching this. Like mm. it felt like. These must be members of bands yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so going back to other things that he's been in, Wolf Running is Sex by oh. our mate, Banmei Takahashi. Wee. Great film. That's Great a film. really good film. Also does voice roles for Studio Ghibli. Okay. Yeah. And he was the composer for Running is Sex as well. Oh, that's a great, yeah. that's a great score as well. And uh, he also com- composed uh, Crazy Thunder Road. Huh. There you go. So he gets around. Wow. So he's actually like, in, he's quite an interesting musician. Mm. I don't know why I was like picturing like a really cheesy, like <laughs> kind of guy singing ballads or something. No idea why. I, I don't know that. either. That's a weird place well, for, for me to go. It was, it was spiky at the beginning. Yeah. yeah now yeah. he's round. So Spiky. That's the word. Is it? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he was pretty interesting. I think he was quite out there. 
And um, the film he made before this, actually, I've actually brought it round for you to lend you. It's um, it's a pink film, and mm. it's really fucking intense. Right. Okay. It's called um, Harlem Valentine's Day. Okay. And it's one of the best pink films I've seen. It's nice. fucking nuts. Okay. He was a pointy fella back in the mm. day, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> so, uh, just for perspective, his musical debut was seventy one. So Death Powder came out 15 years after that. Mm. So this was like written, produced, directed, scripted, and starring Shigeru. This is entirely his creation. And with that, let's get into the film. I've got lots more tidbits that I'm going to spread out throughout this. Tidbits. Tidbits, bits of tits. Um, so brace yourself for them. Bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the opening. All right. Go on then. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I will say, as I usually do, I, I watch this twice and the first time i was like what the absolute fuck is this film i was so baffled by it and i was a little bit sleepy on the first watch oh, through no. not a good film to watch a bit <laughs> no. sleepy and I-, I liked it and i liked aspects of it but i was really confused about it but second mm-hmm. time watching it this morning just mm. before recording this i fucking loved it Oy. and even though i was like taking notes i was still really really into it it is a incredibly incredibly strange film mm. can i ask before we even get into yeah. the opening i don't know if you know the answer to this but is this shot on film or video do you do you know because oh, i don't know it's uh, like that should be a really easy thing to tell i want to say video yeah <laughs> it, it is like a vhs rip so it's hard to tell and a lot of the editing is very mm. like mm. super digital mm. or not digital but like that kind of yeah. 80s kind of mm. TV style editing, like pictures, like shrinking down in frame. But there were like shots where I'm like, oh, it's film. It's Mm. definitely film. And then there were other scenes where I'm like, wait, is it video or is it both? But Mm. it's got a very interesting look to it. Yeah. That is kind of unlike anything I've I've seen. (laughs) It's a very, very bizarre looking film. Yeah. I think what you said, a lot of the transition stylistic choices kind of scream shot on video. Yeah. Mm. And, And it kind of looks like it makes sense that he's a musician because a lot of the editing kind of feels like music video Mm. editing (laughs) and yeah, all these really bizarre, yeah, kind of like, yeah, TV looking effects. Uh, Yeah. Super strange looking film. (laughs) Yep. Yep. But yes, uh, the opening scene just opens on this, which we see a lot, right? This kind of powder substance mm. oh i love it floating around and love it, it and it's like a weird kind of video effect mm. right that you, you see a lot over the film and we get this like really initially baffling opening mm. of a massive explosion yep uh three heads lined up on on the floor yep. on fire water pouring down everywhere it looks like this sort of destroyed apocalyptic kind mm. of location a hand is coming out of the water. Yeah, and the hand and looks it's a ro- really gross, doesn't yeah. it? There's something weird about it. And it's not a real hand, right? It's like a robotic hand, I think. I don't know. Because like, I'm like, why would he make this a robot hand? But it's moving yeah. in this very like robotic kind of way. And <laughs> then we just see another guy, who we don't know at this point, on the ground. Yep. Looking very unwell very unwell <laughs> everything is slow motion there's just sounds of like dripping water and sci-fi-esque like beeps yeah and absolutely crazy opening and then it does that kind of this yeah very video effect crossfade into a guy who i assume is the director right holding a big shotgun yeah and just 
like you have bandages wrapped around his head. He looks like he's been through hell. And then it cuts away to this. We don't know what it is yet, but it, it's clearly like some kind of android mm. thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, female femdroid. Femdroid. <laughs> Strapped to this kind of bed frame. Yeah. It's kind of like a table, but like a yeah. metal kind of bed like frame. A rack kind of thing. Yeah, and this like weird purple light and smoke. Already in the scene, I'm just like, oh, this, this film is so, <laughs> such a guy film. <laughs> Not guy as in, like, oh, this is a film for the boys, but a film for you. For guys. Have you ever said that in your life? <laughs> this is a film for the lads. This is a film for Come the on, boys. boys. Oh, Tetsuo, that's a film for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this, this is a guy film. Yeah, but yeah, pretty... Pretty wild. Pretty dreamlike as well. Yeah. It's just like this insane flash forward of all the chaos that's yet Mm. to come. A glimpse into what madness awaits us. Yeah. And it's like just different shots of different like things that happen later. Nothing is connected visually. Yeah. But I'm completely grass. I'm like, oh, I'm (laughs) I'm intrigued. I want to know what's coming. Mm. And then we get that blast of powder onto the screen. Yeah. And you get the title screen. Death powder. Mm. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful. What an opening. It is. Mm. Color me intrigued, Dave. <laughs> Bear with us, guys. <laughs> That's fine. And, we, t- <laughs> and we get so next shot after the title sequence, or title screen, uh, cityscape, digital sperm kind yeah. of stuff. Sort of light flying orbs. around. Yeah. Again, very dreamlike. Yeah. I, I've seen this film so many times and I still don't get the... The sperm Yeah. Orbs, There's a few are. things about this film and I should probably save this towards the end or whatever, but like every time I watch it, I, I learn and understand it a little bit more. Mm. But there are still some things that I haven't quite figured out. Mm-mm. And those digital sperm orbs... Yeah. Just is yeah, one of them. I... I yeah, had no idea what what they were <laughs> supposed to be. <laughs> Looks cool, though. Oh, well, that's, that's important. <laughs> so you got some sperm flopping around the screen. Um, the woman is running in front of a massive, like, neon backdrop, which looks awesome. Yeah. Is that the same location that's used in Evil Dead Trap 2? You know what? I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, it instantly reminded yeah. me of Evil Dead Trap 2 with that massive neon mm. sign and the silhouetted figure mm. in front. Yeah, it looks fucking awesome. Yes. Great shot. She runs into a shopping arcade. Camera work is very frantic, um, but the sound is very ambient. Mm. Um, An old woman looks like sort of is because it's obviously just filmed without permission. And I don't know. I love that he kept this shot in, but this old woman like looks at the camera, but they blur her face. It's so odd. It's really. And there are maybe three or four moments in this that are mm. some of the strangest yeah. stylistic choices I think mm. I've ever seen. That's one of them because they could have easily cut away. Because it's literally it like a split second before <laughs> yeah. he cut yeah. anyway, but decided <laughs> so, to keep it in and so stick weird. a black box on some woman's face. Yeah, yeah. There's another bit later that's like, yes, yeah, on a similar level of mm. like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> and the, the, that scene is also so odd because you can see so many people's faces yeah, and they just blow her. And this is that one lady yeah. who decides, I don't know, they're just like, no, we don't want your face in our film. <laughs> Get out of here. That's what makes me think it was like a deliberate stylistic mm. choice where he's like, I'll keep it in. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll blur it for <laughs> some reason. Yeah, yeah. Face. Could be. 
because the whole film is probably based on the um, anxiety from the the progression of technology. It mm. could could be something lying mm. in there. Could be. Could yeah. be. Let's keep going though. <laughs> so we got two people running. Mm. You got um, our two um, somewhat main characters mm. both running in different places, running at full speed, um, and then we kick into some funky ass music, don't we, Dave? Mm. One of the greatest songs ever. One of the greatest songs ever. It's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing. It's one of those like such like sudden changes of yeah. um, tone. Tone. Yeah. And tempos. You had this ambient soundscape with this digital sperm flopping around. People running through the uh, through the arcades, but never really anything like that makes you feel a, a sense of like tension. Mm. Um, it's very just like low key yeah and then we cut to um two people in the car and it's playing this song it's like scar 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 like and it's so in your face <laughs> did you get the um did you hear what they were singing no no I didn't. singing about the scar people oh yeah yeah yeah, Sorry, yeah. yeah i caught that but what, they didn't give any more details about the scar no people. no so we have this song we don't know what they're listening to yet but they're listening to something which just you can hear him just saying repeatedly scar 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 people and not and- scar like s-k-a but like the music oh, form, <laughs> just to be clear, can you it's, imagine? Not, it's yeah. not a Scar track we're hearing. <laughs> oh God, that would be bad. I, I would have to drop a star from the my rating if they started playing Scar music. Some real big fish playing over the sea. Oh God, they can real big kill themselves. Um, so, so this this is something that you would not know otherwise, um, but. I actually, um, yeah, I, I have the soundtrack to this film and I bought it like last year and it is a terrible soundtrack. Right. But I was just like, fucking hell, there's a, there's a Death Powder soundtrack. I've got to get that. Is it's, it on like CD? Or no, like... it's on, on vinyl. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and I, I, I bought it, listened to it and I was like, well, that sucked <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and put it in the cupboard and I've not listened to it ever since. But I thought, oh, hang on. For this podcast, yeah. I'm going to see if I can get any extra information from it. Yeah. <laughs> So, busted out the lyric sheet and the lyrics to that song. So, get this. This is kind of my my rough translation of it, obviously in Japanese. So you'll have to you'll have to bear with me. You'll be like, "Guy, your translations are off again." But they are saying, "Scar, scar, scar, people." Mister Hacker is the number one. Mister Hacker is burnt and broken. Don't touch him. Don't laugh at him. Even though he's scarred, he pretends not to notice. Wow. Yeah. So it's like preempting things yeah. we're going to find out about It's later. like the worm eaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that, that is quite amazing. I know. But, like, this isn't a thing, like, if you don't know Japanese, you won't know about it. You can't hear these lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Because it's playing in a car, you've got two people, like, talking over the song as well mm. so you can only ever really hear them say like scar people Mm-mm. but yeah they're they're telling us what's gonna happen <laughs> love it so anyway so that is the second time i listened to that soundtrack and i think that'll be the last <laughs> so the guys in the car they uh chase down our two main characters mm. who are running at the beginning the guy driving the car has got like a, a mask on yeah right? he yeah. looks like some fucking fetish yeah guy. yeah, yeah. 
He looks like a, a host from like a fetish host club. Oh, in, what, in do, what do they look like? I don't know. <laughs> just, just, just <laughs> you pinpointed about in Shinsai Bashi. <laughs> my, my friend just, sorry, this is a real big tangent. My friend recently moved to Sakai Suji Honmachi. Okay. This is very fucking specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, somewhere in Osaka, yeah. he just moved to. And his apartment's like really fancy looking. Mm. Like it looks like a fancy hotel. Right. And I was helping him move. Mm. And every person mm. that I saw go into that apartment was, was a host. Oh, really? Like definitely a host. Uh-huh. Like had the host hair, oh. had all the, the makeup on and the outfits. But like, what's going on there? Why, he, has he moved into an apartment building is, for- Is he a host? He's not a host. He's a- Is kid. he like a good looking guy? He's a good looking guy. Yeah. Maybe he's undercover. He's like- Ah. Or they're going to recruit him. That, that's why they let him move in. <sighs> they're like, we need not only your profile photo, but we need a full body shot oh, for you to move in. Penis pictures. Yeah, penis For the pictures. landlord. Yeah. You've got to sign, sign your name <laughs> with yeah, your was, penis. But it was really weird. Like, I've never- <laughs> Sign it with your penis. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that was a tangent. Yeah. No, I don't know um, about Sakai Suzuhomachi's host building. All right, after we record this, let's go have a look. We'll scope it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. So, so people in the car, the host, your co-worker, they, uh, they chase down our two main characters who are running at the beginning. Um, now, apparently, they are bounty hunters. Mm. And... They kind of corner the guy up against a kind of a fence and he's been running for his life for like miles and then he realizes that he's cornered and he turns around and he's like, oh, hey, good game of chase, guys. That was real fun. (laughs) As if it's like all part of the whatever. The guys in the car say they have an errand for him. Mm. So this is where the start, this is where we kind of get some backstory. When they're talking though, Mm. they're not really talking. No. Right. So we've just got subtitles mm. and it'll either be silent or they're like, bleh, 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 yeah. Bleh, bleh, yeah, most of the time. Yeah. That's fucking weird. So that's another one of the very odd stylistic choices here. Yeah. So you have the Japanese subtitles burnt into the film. And a lot of the time, the dialogue, like you said, they're not actually talking. It's just the subtitles. And other times... It's something they recorded after and yeah. put on, but like in a it's very muffled. odd way. It's not just muffled. Yeah. They've distorted it and yeah, yeah. they've like put it, it depends effects on, on it. Yeah, it'll like, depend on the scene. Like this part, it's all weird and effects mm. kind of sounding, right? Mm. But then later on, there's a character who's wearing oh, yeah. a mask. And when he's talking, he's like, <laughs> but it's like, just the subtitles. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, so weird, that, that choice. But the, yeah, the dialogue throughout this entire film is fucked <laughs> yeah, absolutely really fucked. Fucked. it is would you say and it's cooked is that it is, is cooked. is that the correct way to oh, use yeah, cooked? Yeah. the dialogue is, is cooked and it's not only cooked <laughs> but it's like at certain points the text on screen mm. is just like scrolling it's mm. like a fucking star wars opening <laughs> scroll just like just like reeling through all this stuff so you're like reading the subtitles like jesus christ i'm like, trying to keep up with it it's nuts <laughs> yeah but, oh, the way the dialogue is presented here is like sometimes it's very interesting and it's like, oh that's kind of a that's cool it is so in a scene later on but this scene i'm just like fucking hell mm. like what are you doing it, it's very hard to follow it doesn't help the story a lot mm. of the time like it's kind no. of makes it more of a puzzle in, uh. in a lot of parts 
Mm. So the uh, the hosts in the car, they have an errand for for the guy, and they need to he needs to um watch over who they refer to as Big Brother's apartment mm. for like two three days. And they give him a map, a key, and some tape. Um, and then the girl who was also running from the start comes in and they leave. And one of the things I absolutely loved about this is as the car reverses back. Oh yeah. The song plays in yeah, reverse yeah, 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 as yeah. they go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that genius? It's so fucking weird. I love that. Oh, I've never seen that in any other film. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> oh man. As you said, like this film was so tonally strange because mm. like it, it has the feeling of a kind of grimy, gritty, mm. cyberpunk kind of thing. But then it has moments like that which are just pure slapstick yeah. absurdity. Mm. It's fucking weird. Like that that was the first moment where I'm just like, wait, 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 <laughs> what, wait, what is this film? <laughs> like where they go forward, the song plays, and the reverse they play. Yeah. Like, is that just the same wherever they go? The song is just either playing forwards or backwards. And I think the footage it's just like reversed footage as well, right? Is it? I am pretty oh, sure <laughs> everything's just reversed. Oh wow! <laughs> so, so this is the where we kind of first see our two semi-main actors. So, a good time to explain who they are. So, the uh, lady who was running, mm. <laughs> named Norris. Norris. Her I, name is Norris. I thought it was Moessa. Her name is Norris. Okay, I wrote yeah. down Moessa. There's a reason you think it's Moessa, which I'll get to. Okay. <laughs> God. That comes in later. Fucking hell. See, and I, uh, Norris, great name. Mm-hmm. Typical Japanese name, Norris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my grandma's name. <laughs> uh, played by Rikako Murakami, also known as Rikako. She has a stylized way to write her first name. And Mm. she's just one of those people who has done so, so much that you're kind of unsure of what she's famous for in the first place. She's billed as a a Japanese talent. Right. You know, she just does everything. Um, Actress, fashion icon, lifestyle advisor, writer, business owner, blah, blah, blah. It's like everyone fucking knows her. Everyone. Everyone knows her. In the fucking world. At least in Japan. (laughs) Rikako. (laughs) You can't even walk a fucking meter down the street without hearing someone bloody talking about Rikaku. <laughs> Not Kaku. <laughs> but yeah, she's like fucking A-list celebrity. Is she really? Yeah. Like, are we talking Becky level A-list? I don't know who that is. You don't know Becky? Who's that? You don't fucking know Becky? Come on, mate. You know Becky. She's the... She's like half white, half Japanese TV... I mean, celebrity she's in she was in Mike's oh what was it Mike's a more recent Mike film I haven't seen and any of his recent ones actually she was he was oh, I've totally forgotten the name of it she was in one of his actual yeah. very good recent films oh well not first love yes ah yeah people Have always seen that no but people always say that's his good mm. recent film yeah 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 but, okay and it was like quite a turn for her because she's like playing like a psycho kind of violent psycho to, but she's known as being this sort of squeaky clean oh okay TV I'll give that a watch Becky Becky and just Becky oh that's it that's it Becky that's a pretty like I can't believe you don't know Becky <laughs> Becky's quite a common name that's pretty bold to just <laughs> yeah. choose that as your one sole name to go right? by but everyone knows Becky except <laughs> you and well she's no Rikaku <laughs> yeah fucking hell whatever so then uh <laughs> The the guy played by Koichi Sato, mm. so his, his character name is uh, Kiyoshi. He's played by Koichi Sato, big name actor. You might know him from 
Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters. Okay, is he? Does he play a big role in that? I was in it, but you rated it five stars on Letterbox. It's an amazing film. Uh, he was also in Spiral, the Ring sequels. He was in uh, Sukiyaki Western Django, everyone's favorite Miike film. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, what did he say his his uh, name was again? Koichi Sato. Not seeing him in uh, Mishima. Perhaps not a big role. Oh, okay. Anyway, he, he's kind of a big-name actor, but he is also quite famous for being the son of a veteran actor, Rentaro Mikuni, who okay. was in that Harakiri film from 62. Uh, he was in Kwaidan and also Sailor Suit and Machine Gun. Okay. So he's like mm. big-name veteran actor, and uh, Koichi Sato is the son of him. He's also in an Obayashi film. Oh, which one? One of the best a- ones. April Fish. Not April Fish. <laughs> He's in uh, Bound for the Fields, the Mountains, and the Seacoast, which is one of, like, that's a fucking five-star oh, film. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'll have to give that a watch. Let's stop the podcast now so you can watch it. It's only about three hours long. Jesus, really? <laughs> I think three it's, hours? I don't know if it's three hours. It's. I just feel like it's a, a long, much, I feel like it's a longer one. Oh, I like to keep them short and sweet. You don't watch any films that are over 80 minutes, right? No, that's my rule. Yeah. And you'll you'll get to the 80 minute mark and be like, right, that's enough. I I think I I just made it out of the uh, Squire in Lord of the Rings before I had to turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) But any film that's over two hours, I'm just like, oh, fucking hell. Like, you know, it doesn't need to be this long. Mm. Yeah. You've got to have a reason for it to be that long. Yeah. Yeah. So the two get in the car, um, Rikako and Koichi, Norris. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, why Norris? That's such an odd name. Very strange shit. And uh, they're listening to a tape recording from the Scar people. And they have instructed Kyoshi to go over to the uh, the artist Harima's house. And apparently through this tape recording they're listening to, uh, the house has become the director of the Scar peoples. Harima was thrown out, but he's still there. And so they need to go and kind of take care of it. Mm. And that's kind of why they're going to his. Yeah, he's got like property. Mm. Say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get at the end of this tape recording. It's like, <laughs> by the way, this tape will yeah. automatically self-destruct. Yeah, but then but it doesn't. They're listening to like a cassette tape in <laughs> yeah, the yeah. middle of the eight. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I like the way they kind of like talk shit about the Scar people. Yeah. They're like, what yeah. the fuck is that? And, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Oh, there's some Scar guy. He's a bit of a wino. <laughs> the the next part I wanted to ask you about, because there's something in this film I did not understand mm-hmm. on both watches. So after this scene, we go back to the the weird android, femdroid, yeah. uh, on the, the metal bed frame again. Mm. Sunglasses on as well. Mm. Which is <laughs> it's just beautiful cyberpunk aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. And... I think she says it or there's a voiceover or mm. something, but they say the moo mm. is coming. Yeah. What, is, what does that mean? We'll come back to that later, though. Do we? No. Fuck, I, I did not understand what the, I moo, think. the moo was referring to. <laughs> but yeah, they say, yeah, the moo are coming, which is yet another character we're given a name to with no explanation, right. which happens so, so many times throughout this film. Right, okay. Oh uh, okay. yeah, the moo is coming. It's like who the fuck are the moo? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're back in the car again, right? Mm. And Norris puts on a headset. Yeah. And I don't know if I was misunderstanding this, but she seems to have some kind of yeah. connection or reading on the android or what's going on mm. in this Harima yeah. house, right? Yeah. But uh yeah, the Harima uh character is just smashing 
the shit out of the the room mm. in the building uh, that I guess is owned by the scar people. Yeah, and it's like, why is he doing? Yeah, that? yeah, and it, with, yeah, with the android in it, and he's just smashing it up like crazy, like crushing the ceiling. Mm. And <laughs> Norris kind of gets the message on mm. the headset, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't the, know how she's monitoring. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. how she's got this connection, but she's like, oh, the, the replicant is half dead already. Mm. I don't know how she has that connection. No. But, uh, yeah, and then eventually she hears through the headset that the replicant is apparently dead. Yeah. Dead. The done. android it's done. replicant. That's it. So that's where we know that the android creature is, is referred to as the replicant, mm. Mm. which changes without... Any explanation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the replicant's dead, which just, just cost them 10 grand, but uh, they still got to go and collect the replica's body. Um, they approach uh, Harima's house, but he's like held up with a rifle, kind of, he's expecting people to come for him. They kind of both take two different entrances, right? Mm. So she comes in through the door. <laughs> yeah, I love this stuff. <laughs> and it's great. Like, she's got some fucking awesome futuristic handgun thing. Everything's like blurry and foggy slow motion. <laughs> Kiyoshi, yeah. trying to break in. Can't get through the fucking blinds. It's I like this that. endless skit of him just like trying to punch <laughs> his way through these blinds that like, keep getting tangled up on him. Even when he gets through, he's so pissed off that he goes back to the blinds and starts smashing them. Oh, that was so funny. And then he like turns around like a cool dude after like wearing yeah. his sunglasses as if he didn't just get fucking pawned by some blinds. <laughs> oh, and then this is where it all kicks off. So he approaches the replicant and the replica sits up and blows like this plume mm. of what we can expect to be death powder into his face. <laughs> he freaks out, he's coughing, spluttering, completely disorientated, stumbling around, trying to get away. Um, Harima jumps out from somewhere, smacks him with the butt of the rifle, and starts like kicking him. The whole time, Kiyoshi's, like, gasping for air. Yeah. I love the way this was cut together, because mm. it's all in, like, this... It kind of goes into a weird slow motion. Yeah. As Harima's kind of smashing mm. him up and, like, following following him around the building. Norris comes running in to save her mate, mm. accidentally shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Norris. <laughs> oh, Norris. And then Harima just fucking cuts his hand off. He cuts Kiyoshi's hand off. <laughs> Again, it was, like, quite a confusing moment because mm. I'm like, did he rip his hand off or, like, did he have a knife? Like, I, I didn't... Yeah. All you sort of... Well, at least from what I could tell as to what was going on, you just basically see his hand drop off. Yeah. Like, severed hand. He kind of just, like, cuts it as if he would you would butter. It kind of just, like, yeah. lops through Lops his off. hand. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So bloody hell, poor Kiyoshi, he's having a bit of a day. Yeah, and it's only going to get worse from here. I know. <laughs> he's got he's got the death powder. His hand he's been shot up. by his mate. Yeah, smashed up with a gun. Yeah, and he's just had his hand cut off. Mm. Well done, Norris. <laughs> but this is where we get this awesome, like, death powder transition. Really dreamy. And something, which is another thing which I still haven't managed to figure out in this film... I don't understand the meaning. There might not be one. But we get this weird, like, close-up shot of what looks like a, like, person, some kind of humanoid, and grains of something are pouring out of its mouth. Mm. And Harimer is, like, collecting them in his hand mm. and, like, 
eats them. Licking it up, yeah. Yeah, which I do not understand. It's a great yeah. looking scene, <laughs> but don't know what's going on. More electric sperm come flying through the air, and the uh, the replicant evaporates, mm. just disappears. Well, that's it then, isn't it? The end. Roll credits. Where did the replicant go? Because the bounty hunters have come to take the replicant home. Oh! <gasps> of course, sorry, now I've just fucking figured it out, haven't I? I've only gone and done figuring it out, Dave. Have you really? <laughs> just at this moment, yeah, figured it out? Yeah, it's just, well, the... it's just clicked. It's just clicked. I can't tell if you're joking. No, 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 no. Like, I don't, like I'm, I'm being dead serious. The androids transitioned into... Yeah, into yeah, yeah. Kiyoshi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why it disappears. I've only seen this film twice and I got that, mate. Well, why don't you tell me then? <laughs> Leaving me here on my own trying to figure it all out when you know all the bloody answers? Yeah, transitioned into Kiyoshi. Which is kind of explained very slowly. Like, it takes a, a long time. Yeah, we yeah. don't know that yet, for sure. Oh, man. Oh, that's why I disappeared. <laughs> oh, God, this film is so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, we cut back to a reality after that weird, like, death powder sequence. Uh, Norris is now handcuffed, like, underneath the metal rack. Yeah, it kind and of looks like... I thought she was in a cage at so first. So did I, like, yeah. What's going on? But it's just that... Yeah, that bed frame that mm. the android or replicant was once in before. And yeah, Harima just has... So she's just like... She's looking out from through the bed frame and Harima just has Kiyoshi in like a chokehold. Yeah. And it's, it's like grabbing him and Kiyoshi's just vomiting like crazy. And then uh, Norris just says in English, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's uh, rare that we hear that in a Japanese film. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Harima says that Kyoshi is covered with Guernica's powder. Yeah. So, another name, mm-hmm. which isn't explained to us yeah. for a while. Um, but yeah, he's covered in Guernica's powder. So, which we can yeah assume is the, the replicant. So, mm. the replicant is the replicant. But before that, she was Guernica. There's just too many names in this film. Yeah, I mean, the, it's called the Replicant Android Femdroid mm. Guernica. Like, yeah. it's a lot of name changes going on. And in like, here. Harima, he gets referred to as Aniki sometimes, like yeah. Big Brother. And it's like, just like, mate, it's, it's a 60 minute film. Yeah. Stick to one name. One name. Yeah. One name. Come on. Per character. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we need. Yeah. And, and that's, they're not the only examples. There's yeah. so many more. Yeah, yeah. So, Guernica. Who's uh, we can only assume named after the famous uh, Pablo Picasso painting mm. representing the the bombing of the Spanish Civil War for some reason yeah for some reason couldn't tell you why <laughs> so yeah um like you said Harim has got Kiyoshi it, he's kind of like trying to make him vomit up the death powder it mm. would appear and it seemed like if you were breathed in you die but not before getting completely fucked up mm. because Kiyoshi is looking pretty <laughs> yeah. grim now. Yeah, his his eyes are all like <laughs> fucked and swollen. And he, and he's he's he looks awful and he's kind of going crazy as well. He's just like laughing madly. He's like delirious. Yeah. Yeah. But, he, but he's like, oh, suge, suge. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, great, great. He's got incredible, incredible. This is the best. He looks like he just ate a whole lobster. He's got a crustacean allergy. His whole fucking face and eyes and neck is all swollen up, dripping. But then here is when he says, Moessa, help me. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. what you were saying. That's what I thought. Yeah. Her name was Moessa, not Norris. I had to double check. Like, wait, yeah. is that her name? And no, her name is Norris. What the There's fuck? no character called Moessa. Why? I know. It just, oh my, oh, so confusing. So I, I, I don't know where that name comes from. Because <laughs> in the credits of this film, in the ba- on the back of the VHS, there is no credit for Moessa. I don't know who it is. I think it's probably just down to his, like, delusion. But again, it's just another one of those character names that we're introduced to with no context. Sure, sure. So yeah, fuck that. Fuck Baffling. But, uh... Norris, a.k.a. Moessa. <laughs> oh, Rikako. <laughs> but, uh, Rikako, she, she breaks free from the bed frame. Yes. And attacks Harima. And this <laughs> thing that happens at this point mm. is probably in the top ten most fucking bizarre, <laughs> just head-scratching fucking moments I've ever seen in a mm. film, where she grabs Harima, smashes him up on the ceiling. Mm. Then there's this absolutely fucking <laughs> crazy shot where the shot of him hitting the ceiling becomes like a little tiny screen yeah. so it's like a image within an image yeah. and kind of is superimposed over the shot of Norris and kind of goes down to the bottom of the frame and then she kicks the superimposed image of Harima <laughs> Off the screen. I know. It's fucking crazy. It's like an effect out of like Tim and Eric, oh. like or something like that. It's it's so I so insane. It. It's so crazy. It breaks the fourth wall in no way I've ever seen yeah, before or since. It's incredible. She kicks a frame. Kicks, she a, kicks frame. a frame. Kicks a frame out of frame. <laughs> Isn't that the yeah, best? It's great. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen anything like that before. I don't know where. He got the balls to do that. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And then she uh, she stabs him in the fucking eye with a robo hand. Yeah, she's got a robo hand now. So Pop, she takes off her glove, she's got a claw, yeah. stabs him in the eye. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kyoshi doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's stumbling around like a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and his face is like morphine, expanding and contracting. Mm. And everything is just like layered. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Toxic Avenger transition. Oh, so like yeah, pulsating yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's got that classic trauma effect where mm. the face is all like bluting out and stuff. Oh great. It's a pretty amazing sequence, this whole part. Where and it goes for ages, mm. right? Where his like face is like melting and st- stretching and Harima's just like watching with his eyeball yeah, hanging out, yeah. like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Death Note is wild. <laughs> and he lets out this massive scream that kind of just goes on forever. It's like, mm. whoa. And it's like weird, like weirdly, the pitch has been fucked around with. It's like yeah. auto-tuned almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it has this really long droney scream. Mm. And then just the blast of death powder. Yeah, and then, which then gets sort of sucked into his mouth, oh, right? So it's like, good. he sucks in all this death powder. <laughs> There's all this, like, weird random footage superimposed over Mm. the top as well with, like, this backwards music playing because we're going in to one of the weirdest flashbacks ever. So, yeah, this is maybe now the... So, we've had the the woman's face blurred at the start, the frame getting kicked out of frame. Yes. uh, And then this is probably the the third bit where I'm just like, what the (laughs) fuck? Am I watching? This is the one of the craziest tonal shifts yep. I've ever seen. Oh, I ever. It. I love it so much. But yeah, we we fade into this flashback mm. where this like t- 
title is just going across the screen saying call name Guernica. Yeah. And we see this, you know, replicant, mm. android, femdroid, whatever it is. And she's just like saying all her stats. Yeah. Like her height yeah. and her weight. Yeah. <laughs> and all the text is like going across yes. the screen with the stats. <laughs> And then we see, like, a man. In, like, both watches, I had no fucking idea what this was, but this man's, like, carrying around what looks like the kind of corpse of a robot or yeah, something. It's, yeah. like, this weird blue body. Yeah. And it, for some reason, and, and I only actually realized this the last time I watched it, it looks like he kind of brings it out of, like, a UFO or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird. But it's probably just, like, the door to the lab or something. Yeah. But, yeah, he's walking around with this, like broken android corpse for some reason (laughs) yeah we hear like Guernica like says that she's an android Mm. of the 90s oh yeah created by Dr. Lou Dr. Lou now (laughs) before we get into Dr. Lou because that's fucking mind blasting I have to tell you about Guernica okay so the actress who plays Guernica is played by Mari Natsuki another person who is ridiculous ridiculously famous in Japan. Mm. And she's primarily a singer, also does lots of voice acting. She does stuff for Studio Ghibli, again. Mm. She was in Isle of Dogs um, as a, as a mm. voice actor. And what's really bizarre is I was watching this and I was like, fuck, I'm starving. I'm going to get some food. Loaded up the uh, Uber Eats app and she's the face of the Uber Eats campaign, like, right what? now. What? I was like, what the fuck? Is that not the person I was literally just <laughs> researching? That's crazy. How mad is that? It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, are you, are, you, are you... Do you know her? I I know... I mean, I know a lot of things that she's in, but, yeah, just looking at her, I I, I don't really recognize her. But she she's a singer as Primarily well. a singer. She yeah. does a lot, though. Mm. Um, a lot of voice work. Right, right. But, mm. And apparently Uber Eats. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Do you so, reckon she gets free Uber Eats? <sighs> you, <sighs> my friend worked for Uber Eats. Yeah. I've already told you this story. No. My friend worked for Uber Eats and she got... It was fucking insane. Uh, she, as, just as like a bonus for yeah. her job, she got $1,000 worth of free anything on Uber per month. What? Per month? Yes. When she first what told me, and I'm like, fuck? I'm like you, you must have got your numbers yeah, mixed yeah. up there. And she said it again and confirmed it. It's like, no, it was that much. So when she had that job, it was at the beginning of yeah. coronavirus as right. well. So she was at home, mm. just get an Uber constantly and put on like, you know, That's a whole bunch of weight. Amazing. <laughs> but yeah, you were just like, you'd never... Yeah, like that, that's in- it's incredible. So you, you can get anything on Uber Eats. They go to the convenience yeah, stores. Yeah, that's for you. What I was they'll thinking. pick you up beers. Yeah, you could get all your groceries. Get your toilet paper. Yeah, you need that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't use it, but what yeah. use your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just don't bother any kind of wiping anymore. What's the point? You're just gonna have to go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? So we should. Get I might have to sign at, up for Uber Eats. Yeah, get a job at Uber Eats. Yeah, Jesus. Hmm. Anyway, so so, so she's the face so of Guernica yeah. is running Uber Eats. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's advanced. The nineties Android yeah. is now the face of an Uber Eats in Japan. <laughs> How mad is that? That is pretty wild. Yeah. No, she's got such a distinctive look. So yeah. as soon as I loaded up the app, I was like, "What the fuck is that? Not the person <laughs> I was literally just looking at." That's wild. Um, yeah, good timing, eh? 
Now, back to the Dr. film. Lou. Enter Dr. Lou. Oh my god. The greatest character in this whole film by far. Oh my god. He comes flying over the top of the camera with an electric guitar and we get this like text flash up on screen saying Dr. Lou made me and he's singing dancing in the desert playing guitar and singing this ridiculous song it's one of the worst songs I've ever heard (laughs) the song gets progressively more out of time as he sings it like his voice and the music is out of fucking time and he's just like singing about he's like I created the femdroid yay I built myself an android and he's going she's beautiful she's mechanical oh baby (laughs) (laughs) he has got to be like the best portrayal of a mad doctor ever and it's just like he's in this lab coat that's got graffiti on the back he's got like ridiculous like glam rock hair and like it it feels glasses (laughs) yeah it feels like we've gone from this like cyberpunk kind of universe to like yeah. rocky horror or something yeah like that. it's it's truly bonkers oh <laughs> uh, he's great so so dr lou introduces harima to guernica uh it's funny because Harima's like really sheepish when he meets yeah. her um and he anyway uh dr lou hands the android over to him and Whilst he's talking, he's kind of still soloing on the guitar. Yeah, I love that. There's like a shot of his face where he's just like closing his eyes yeah. and like you can see him moving Clearly as he's like... Really loving it, yeah. grooving away. Oh, man. And he, he, he tells him the conditions of mm. him handing over the, the android, right? Mm. Did you get them? Is that where it's like he has to show Guernica love mm. so that the love becomes her memories and it'll make her yeah. become a human or exactly something. yes but then he kind of leans in it's like by the way she's gonna die after four years or something like yeah that. <laughs> that's what it was. so that's it she's got four years to live but i think like if he can show her this like unconditional love within those four years yeah. she can become a human i, I did, love it i've found it i've <laughs> it's so funny when he's like explaining those yeah. rules there's a shot of harima mm. just like looking very <laughs> unsure <laughs> He's just kind of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know about this. This guy just keeps playing guitar. Should I trust him? <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. Does he also say she'll, so she'll die after four years and become powder? That's right. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and transfer life oh, to other things. Yeah. Don't know what that means. Oh, well, that's death powder. Yeah. But like it's... transfer life to other things. Mm. But I guess that's the Kiyoshi thing. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. What Did... a puzzle of a movie. Oh, I know. <laughs> So, yeah, when she dies, the body will become powder that can spread. So, mm. essentially, she's the, the source of life. Yeah. Of immortality. Mm. Knockout stuff. But did you recognize who Dr. Lou was? No, I didn't. I was wondering who he was. Yes. You know what? Don't look at him. Don't, don't look at him. Don't look at right, him. Okay, okay. Because I was hoping so, so, so much that you wouldn't recognize him. Yeah. Because I wanted to see your reaction. Okay. Not only do you know him, he's in one of your favorite films. A big role in your favorite films. Oh, really? Not only that, we met two days ago and we were taught, you brought him up in conversation. And I was thinking like, oh, fuck, he's going to tell me like he was in bloody Death Powder as well. And I was waiting for you to ask me about Death Powder and you didn't. And I was like, fuck, he hasn't figured it out. Yes. Can you guess who we're talking about? I have no idea. I'll give you, I'm going to drop hints. Okay. 
He's in a Mike film. Mm. He's in a Mike film that you love. Graveyard of Honor? No. Itchy the Killer? No. Gozu? No. Huh? Kat- Katakuri? Yeah. Is he the R- Richard yes! guy? Yes! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> He's Richard! Right. Yes. Oh, shit, I didn't recognize him at all. I know, isn't it mad? Holy shit. Well, th- I mean, this is like a long time before mm. Katakuri. Mm-hmm. Oh, what the fuck? Yes. So, Dr. Lu, played by Kiyoshiro Imawano, mm. a very famous rock musician, unfortunately died of uh, throat cancer in 2009, but insanely famous. This was the first film he was in. But like you said at the beginning, like, I think because of um, Izumiya's, like, musical background, he was able to, like, employ and ask the help of lots of other various uh, famous musicians. But... Kiyoshiro is definitely by far the most famous out of anyone in this. Hmm. And he was Richard in Happiness of the Katakuris. That is, that is, that is mind-boggling. Ah, <laughs> I'm so glad that yeah, you didn't I get that. I really did not recognize him at all. Wow. Dr. Lou. Fuck it, oh. <laughs> wow. Well, now he's definitely the best character in the film with that extra. He was always the best character in this film. He built an android. Yeah. <laughs> also, at the end of their scene together... Mm-hmm. I would love to know if you have any theories on this, but oh. we get, uh, so all, <laughs> all of them, so they've been out in a desert, this yeah. whole scene, like, let's just make that clear, this mm. song, all this Harima stuff, the, dro- like, femdroid stuff, it's all just been in a desert, Yeah, and then the last bit of them together, they're like, all of the scientists mm. and Harima and the replicant all get yeah. a photo together, yes, like, like a commemorative like photo. But then the shot like freeze frames yeah. as they take the photo, and then once again we get a sort of image within an image mm. as it shrinks down <laughs> in this really cheesy effect. But as it shrinks down and disappears, mm. this like bit of text just flies across the street screen that just says eight and a half. Yeah, yeah. I I cannot tell you what that <laughs> is about, but. This is all just, uh, I don't know. Guesswork? Guesswork. This mm. is all guesswork. Maybe, just maybe, mm. There, there is the uh, Fellini film, yeah, yeah, Eight that's, and a Half. That's the only thing I was like, yeah. is this a reference to this mm. somehow? Which is kind of about, like, dreams, and, and it mm. it also incorporates, like, past, present, and future and stuff. And yeah. so I'm wondering, <laughs> is that just, like, some random reference to, to that? Imagine doing that, like, you make a film... And you're like, oh, I was really inspired by this film, so I'll just put some text across the screen. Like, <laughs> just a number or like, some shit. <laughs> like in, in uh, Sound of Summer, you just have a title going across it just says Possession. <laughs> the word, the fucking yeah. numbers 964 just pop up in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> 964. Yeah, I, I have no idea what that was about, and the only thing I can guess was that. But you get, like, text, like, popping up a few times, and I wonder, is it, like, her code kind of thing? Because yeah, she's well, an android, or... That's true, because right after this, we have this weird shot of Guernica and mm. Harima, and they're, it's like a green screen mm. shot, where behind that. them, there's just all this code. I love that. On, on the, the shot, that, and they're... Yeah. They're kind of like Harry is like sort of yeah sheepishly mm. kissing uh, Guernica, and then it, and then it kind of changes 
and turns into like it's like Tokyo Bay, right? Mm. And he's kissing her with Tokyo Bay as the dra- backdrop, and we get this really cool shot as it pulls out from from here. And yeah, that's it. Powder floats into frame, and Beautiful. we're back back to present day. Beautiful. And in present day, Kiyoshi is not looking too peachy, is he? Not having a good time. But he's loving it, though. He's feeling pretty good. He's like, the powder is incredible. <laughs> and then oh, we finally get oh. to meet the Scar people. This, as if this film wasn't crazy enough. <laughs> These guys are fucking ridiculous. So, the main Scar person... Oh. Mr. Hacker, who's, who also gets referred to as Tamio. Yep. Just bafflingly. Um, yeah, he's, he's like incredibly deformed, mm. like all burnt and fucked mm. up, right? And he's in a wheelchair and he's all kind of wrapped up as well, right? Mm. He's got like kind of bandages and stuff. And he's got these two guys with him, his, like, his I guess, goons. like, his goons. <laughs> and they're just, like, really deformed. Like, their faces are all sort of- One's, yeah. like, sort of stretched out. Yeah. And the other has sort of an ape-looking yeah. face. And, <laughs> yeah, Harima is talking to- I guess this is still a flashback, right? This is yeah. another flashback. Yeah. Harima's calling him Tamio. Yeah. Uh, saying that he can't give him any money yet. And then- uh, one of the goons is like, "Hey, he's number one of the Scar people, and he should be called Hacker. Don't don't call him Tamio." And he just yells at him about about this. But again, that was that bit we were talking about mm. where he's yelling, mm. but there's no discernible words. It's just like so muffled, and it's all just like subtitle. I loved that. Yeah, and. The the Scar people goon is like, you must respect him. He is number one. Don't call him by his first name. And and Izumiya Shigeru, uh, Harima, his character, he just doesn't give two fucks. He's like, hey, Tamio, come on, Tamio, you can trust me, Tamio. <laughs> hey, Tamio, Tamio. And the Scar people guy is just freaking out. Like, what did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> so apparently the Scar people lent him some money. Uh, to what we can assume is to fund his art. Right. But he's a failed artist and he can't pay them back yet. Mm. Mm. And so he's kind of like trying to get some more time off of them. Oh, fucking hell. But I loved this set. The set for this scene was amazing. It's kind of like they're in like an elevator shaft, Mm. like with the doors open. It's constantly like either going up or down and you have the backdrop of the, I don't know, the building next... You know, mm. On the outside, just going past, it looks incredible. I don't mm. know what it, I don't know what it is, yeah, but it's yeah. such an interesting looking set. And then they like strap the uh, some like weird S <laughs> and M mask onto yeah. the Mr. Mr. Hacker, Hacker. <laughs> for some reason. For some reason, uh, but yeah, Harry Matt Ainfly is like, "Yo, Tamio, don't worry, Tamio, you can trust me, Tamio, right, Tamio?" <laughs> Love that goon freaking out. Funny thing though, even though the Scar people are saying like, "You have to call him Mr. Hacker," the actor's name is Tamio. Yeah, I noticed that in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> he was a uh, so Tamio Kageyama was in a uh, Devil Woman Doctor. Okay, the guinea yeah, pig yeah. film, and also Legend of the Stardust Brothers. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, shit. I wonder what role he plays in that. That is, you know, one of my favorite films. Tamio. Oh. Your mate Tamio, Mr. Hacker. <laughs> so then, like, I get lost as to where we are in the timeline of this movie. Because we go back to seemingly current day, 
but Harima still has both of his eyes. Yeah, I was wondering mm. about that. And I, I was like, is it just a continuity it could be. error? Because it doesn't really make much sense mm. if it's not present sure. day. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's held up with his rifle, Guernica's uh, voiceover saying that she's close to being human from the love of Harima, um, and the Scar people are going to take her away in lieu of the money that they lent Harima, but she will die before they can come. And so from that, we can kind of like put the pieces together of what happened in the last 30 odd minutes. And that was Harima borrowed money off the Scar people to fund his art, but he's shit, so he can't pay them back. So they sent the two bounty hunters, Norris and uh, Kiyoshi, to go after him and collect his debt. But since he has no cash, they're going to take Guernica instead, which is, mm. I think, the, mm. the, the base of this story. Yeah. And we cut to a big old spooky eye. Yeah, big old spooky <laughs> eye in a bit of flesh. Bit of flesh. It looks like the the Necronomicon, like Evil Dead, yeah, Book yeah, of the yeah. Dead kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Weird kind of leathery, thing. Yeah. fleshy stuff, yeah. And that's enough to freak Kiyoshi out. He's having a great time until now, but uh, he was like, oh, what the fuck was that? So that's got to be the uh, the moo. That's the moo. I think, I think that's the moo. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think it's the moo. Okay. He calls the Scar people, tells them, don't come here, uh, but they need Guernica for some reason. We don't even know why they need Guernica, mm. um, but they're after her. And we cut back to the ruins of Dr. Lou's lab, the desert, through a voiceover and some weird text on yes, the screen. Bizarre graphic, just slowly <laughs> yeah. zooming in on screen. So fucked. <laughs> Tells us the uh, the incredible properties of the death powder, and mm. it could become the very essence of life, and people will want it. Wars will stop, so mm. be careful, but make sure Guernica doesn't die. Mm. So clearly, Harima has failed. He's, he's blown it big he's, time. He's blown it. Why did Dr. Lou trust Harima? Yeah, I'm not sure this. of their relationship. Yeah. Were they in a band together, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, how was he playing the electric guitar out in a desert? <laughs> well, he's a scientist. He's, like, invented one that doesn't require an app, yeah, I It guess. wasn't even plugged in. Yeah, he doesn't need to. Dr. Lou doesn't need, a, doesn't need that. It's Dr. Lou, mate. He's the oh, best character in the film. He is. He is. He created the world's first android. <laughs> but and then the Scar people break into the home through the blinds once again. Yeah. And have another fucking battle with the blinds. Then blinds are having a bad day. Um, then they're pissed because obviously he's trashed the house. Norris is waiting under the bed rack with a badass like future pistol thing. Shoots a Scar folk. Harima's there with his rifle blasting people. No eye wounds still. So mm. difficult to place, so we can only really yeah, that was assume it's a continuity error. Yeah. Maybe. I hope it is, because if it's not, I'm just so confused yeah. about this. <laughs> Kyoshi stands up. He's looking a lot better. Yeah. His eyes are still a bit fucked, yeah. but he's not all like stretched out and mm. deranged anymore. Looking a bit better. And he punches Mr. Hacker's head. And yeah. what happens? <laughs> It's like we've got that gun battle yeah. happening. <laughs> Kiyoshi just stands up, takes yeah. a swing at Mr. Hacker, and you're like, okay, he's just going to punch him and knock him out. No, Mr. Hacker's head explodes on impact when Kiyoshi punches him. <laughs> Explodes. It's also such a great build-up to this character, Mr. Hacker. He was like, he's the number one of the yeah, Scar yeah, people. Yeah. And he just gets his head punched to smithereens. He's also wheelchair, wheelchair yeah, yeah, bound, yeah. you know? <laughs> oh, God. He's not the strongest fella, is he? 
Oh man, it's that was truly amazing. Tell me all. But after the fight, his face explodes. Yeah. Just everything's on fire. Yeah. At this point. And we're just seeing shots of things burning. Mm. Just like random things on, on fire. And yeah, like I I don't know if that was started by the exploding head or <laughs> what. But, but yeah, everything's on, on fire and burning. That's burning the down. kind of stuff we saw at the beginning of the yeah, film, yeah, right? We're sort of mm. back to that again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure why everything's on fire. Um, heads of the scar people are on fire, house mm. is on fire. Um but through the power of the death powder that Kyoshi inhaled, Guernica mm. is now using his body and will be living through him because mm. she is the essence of life. She should have really picked someone with two hands, I thought. It's well, a bad choice. I guess she already went in there and then Harima cut off the hand. Because she he breathed in the death powder oh. and then Harima cut off the hand. So it's actually Harima's fault again. Oh, no. What a twit. He cut the love of his life's hand, hand off. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a dick. <laughs> He's not getting any hand. He's from Guernica. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Kiyoshi starts seeing Guernica's memories through his eyes. Mm-hmm. So, and so it's like those, those, uh, fake memories that Harima's created through his love. Kiyoshi's starting to remember mm. digital sperm flopping around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, digital sperm <laughs> flopping around. And then, just everything blows up. Yeah. Everything just blows up. There's a, a massive build-up of, mm-hmm. like, weird kind of just, like, bloody things and heads on fire <laughs> and sperm. And then and then the house blows up. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Is this also brought on from Mr. Hacker's head getting punched? Uh, I don't know. Is... is <laughs> Is this brought on by Mr. Hacker's head being... <laughs> uh, oh, no. Fuck it, oh. Uh, but that's it. Now, like, Kyoshi's super strong. Mm-hmm. He can He's, punch heads he can punch and blow up. And t- he can punch someone's head and blow up in a, a whole house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, funny thing, side story... Mm. Um, this was actually filmed in uh, Shigeru Izumiya's house, his own house, mm. and he blew up his own house. What? And he, he actually For had real? like pyrotechnics. He was smashing up his own house. Pyrotechnics in his house, explosions in his own house. Wow! And uh, the police were called, and he got arrested. What? Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Did he go to prison or no, anything? Or no, like, yeah. but it was just like it was just seen as a um, a noise disturbance kind right, of thing. Right. Right. <laughs> How mad is that? <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Oh, man. Then the following scene is a, a controversial one. So this is one that has plagued viewers and reviewers. And unfortunately, the thing which people take away most from this film. Right. So after the explosion, we have this massive build-up, massive explosion. We are shown a photo gallery mm-hmm. a strange series of pictures yeah like this while some odd elevator music yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. plays on top it's really cheesy mm. and very confusing very confused very out of place and it stands 
out so much. We like completely leave the narrative of the story. And what's really bizarre is like these photos seemingly have nothing to do mm. with anything that we've seen yeah, yeah. Just so like far. Stock images, essentially. Stock. And it kind of looks like weird, like noir horror kind of thing. It's like mm. some car chases. There's like chalk outlines of dead bodies, like classic suit and hat noir uh, clothes. Yeah, and this goes on for like a few minutes. Mm. And I've seen some people say like the people in these photos are cast members of Death Powder. Right. And these are like behind the scenes photos. But at least to me, they don't look anything no. like these people. Yeah. <laughs> and these pictures are not taken in Japan either. Mm-hmm. Mm. These look like a completely different film. If I don't know if it even is a film, I don't know where mm. these pictures come from, and it's it's weird because people often mention this like as if it's like the biggest thing to take away from this film because it just does stand out so so much. Um, it's bizarre, but uh, bear in mind this film has only ever had one release in Japan mm. in '86. Um, it was released in VHS and on Beta, and it has never had a DVD release, and it's never been released in any other country outside of Japan. And I have the VHS release. Mm. This sequence is not in it. Really? Yeah. What? I don't know where this sequence came from. What the fuck? (laughs) Did someone add it in? I don't know. Someone must have. I don't know how this sequence exists. Because it's not in the only release this film has ever had. Hmm. So someone has clearly just added it. Right, somewhere right. at some point in time and that and because this film is so scarce not been released on dvd never been released outside of japan and getting an official copy on vhs is is not an easy thing to do now mm. the majority of people are watching this on youtube mm. when i say the majority i'm gonna say 90 something percent of the people outside mm. of japan at least are watching this on youtube or whatever mm. and most of the cuts have this scene mm. like included so everyone's just like, what the fuck is with that slideshow? That's bizarre, right? Mm. Crazy old Shigeru Izumiya putting in a slideshow. It's like, mm. I don't think he did. I think some other cunt did. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah. And I was looking at like the uh, uploads on YouTube and some people were commenting like, oh, why is this? This is film is like heavily cut. Why have you uploaded like a censored and cut version? Mm. Where's the uh, where's the slideshow? It's like, no, that that <laughs> sequence doesn't exist in this film. Right, right. It's... <laughs> It's just appeared some guy has seemingly added it into the film mm. and then uploaded it onto the internet. Wow. And that has just become the standard that everyone right, watches. Right. Yeah. Mm. How bizarre is that? That's really mm. weird. Don't know where it comes from. And it's, it's such a shame because pretty much everyone who reviews this film mentions that sequence. Mm. And they say, like, it derails the pacing, it ruins the film... And because of that, you know, they have to lower the score and it would be better if it didn't have that. And the fact is it doesn't have that. Mm. So, mm. yeah, bizarre. So weird. Very, very strange. Mm. The fuck? <laughs> don't know what to take. Don't, don't. And it's so, I, I tried searching so much about it in English yeah. and in Japanese. There's no explanation online. Mm. Um, I even, like, screenshotted the pictures and tried to, like, reverse image search it to see yeah. if it came up with anything. Nothing. Fuck so I really have no weird. idea. What the Where fuck? those pictures come from. Seems like such an effort to go to as mm. well for someone to do that. Yeah. 
be so odd. Can you imagine like finding like an obscure film yeah. and just cutting it, putting your own thing in, and then just <laughs> uploading it? Just like put a trailer of Cat Sick in like this, <laughs> this obscure Japanese film that you find. Very weird. I really want to know the origins of that. So you heard it here first, guys. That's not included in this film. So anyway, we had the big explosion, and then after that, we cut to a phone call. Mm. Kiyoshi to, I think, the hacker, Mr. Hacker. Yeah, th- this part I actually didn't really understand. Mm. I didn't understand what this phone call was about. But yeah, it's Kiyoshi, right? Mm. Saying that Harima has helped him. Yeah. But didn't really get the, the context. I wonder it. if that's because, I don't know, he he, he had Gernika who then breathed him life. Yeah. Which then gave him a second life. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. But Harima cut off his hand. Yeah. I don't think it helped him that much. Wouldn't be thanking him. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get this great scene so now all three of them are kind of held up inside somewhere maybe Harima's house maybe not Harima's house because he blew it up um, mm. Harima's eye is missing again now by the way mm-hmm. so I, at least now we're caught up to present day yeah um, Kyoshi's back to his normal self mm. but with Gernika living inside of him mm. they're all having this conversation but none of the actors are talking yeah everything is like silent i love that yeah Uh, this is one of the scenes where that stylistic choice works really well i think Mm. i loved that yeah they're essentially talking about whether it's kiyoshi whether Mm. it's gernika and gernika says in this part somehow Mm. silently that uh he's not dead but they've fused their their two lives together Mm. and they don't know what will happen yeah. from doing that she, she, it's never been done before so they don't know what the result's gonna be well she's the first one isn't she yeah she's the first uh dr lou made her first one first best one. character of the film he, he made he made a replicant best <laughs> character <laughs> and Richard. uh we also get a, another mention of the that there's a war coming ah, as well yeah, yeah. over this death powder is that with the moo i guess <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they're, yeah, there again as well, like saying like the moose coming, the moose coming, <laughs> yeah, the moose coming, and they're, they're going to be here. They're tw- twenty kilometers away. Mm. Moose coming, and then we cut to outside. It might be snowing, or, or powder. it might be death powder. Yeah, <sighs> I like, I really like that actually. Yeah, yeah. a yellow van is driving yeah. along this part. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking strange. But yeah, this yellow van is coming along. I'm like, oh, this must be the moose. Yeah, right, I thought this was the moose. And then these guys just very normal kind of what are they like delivery guys construction guys or i couldn't tell that the the subtitles for this are definitely wrong right right Um, and i it sounds like they're like moving people right okay that makes Um, sense because there's a bunch of them there's like four of them or something right and they're trying to get into the apartment or the place and can't get in. So one of the guys, this sort of, you know, yeah. middle-aged to older guy yeah. calls up Harima and says, like, yeah, we're trying to get in. Can mm. you let us in? And Harima is like, you're going to die if you come in here yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the phone. And then they, they break in. Mm. So they, they, they bust, sort the, of lock. bust the lock, uh-huh. break in, close the door behind behind them. We just instantly hear all this screaming. <laughs> and then the, the sort of shots are staying on the door. Mm. And then the door, just the door, mm. fades into, like, this, again, that sort of weird flesh, mm. necronominan-looking uh, looking flesh. Yeah. And then it zooms, sort of does this digital zoom into yeah. the flesh yeah. as well. Yes. So <laughs> fucking weird. And, and then we just get the 
fucking craziest mm. sequence, which is just pure insanity. Yeah. Where it's just all these shots of, like, fucking faces coming out of skin, eyeballs popping out of flesh. Oh, like, beautiful. deformed, like, monster faces. Like, again, like, fucking yogurt. I, I didn't even the mention yogurt. the yogurt. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mention the yogurt when it happened. That was when, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. when what's Kiyoshi. his name, Kiyoshi's got yogurt pouring out of his mouth. But again, there's, like, more, like, yogurty liquid oh, spraying out. Very. Tongues as well. Oh, like, the tongues these, are gross. That was a fucked up effect because it's, like, a fake mouth. But yeah. the tongue looks like a, an actual tongue. Really? So I was wondering if, like, someone was behind, like, oh. jabbing their tongue through oh. this, like, gross sheet of silicon yeah. or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's really disgusting it's just yogurt the, everywhere oh i loved it i was i was on cloud nine dude <laughs> <laughs> no but it's like this barrage of textures yeah and just screaming pus running down things dripping it's like and it looks like some weird monster baby mm. kind of in some strange celestial pool like you said tongues wagging yeah the scream no fucking idea what's going on but it's like five to ten minutes of just straight body yeah, horror. Yeah, it's really long. And we're also getting the dialogue, like, flashbacks of, like, mm. dialogue, right, where we're hearing Guernica saying her stats again. Yeah. And just this, like, comment of, like, oh, I knew this was going to happen from the beginning. Like, yeah. we hear that line. And I'm, I was wondering, is this meant to be, like, is this the result of their coming together, like, Guernica and Kiyoshi? Oh. Is, this, is, is this what has happened? Has it, like become unstable or, or something like that like, I, I, don't, I don't know that was my takeaway from it but I, I don't know if that's what it's I supposed to be I couldn't tell you mate yeah. I thought all these monstery things inside they're the moo I thought right right okay they keep saying the moo is coming mm. and then they kind of turn up but what but, is the moo but what is the moo mm. that's never explained yeah. and what this sexual pool thing monstery because there's like a weird monster baby in there yeah yeah yeah, yeah I don't know what that's about mm, I'm not sure I don't know what that's about but you, like you said we have this kind of voiceover of saying like I knew from the beginning it would come to this mm. and I'm wondering is that just like a reference to the very beginning of the film where we get that flash forward mm. so it's like this constant loop yeah uh, yeah. Oh, fucking hell mate couldn't mm. tell you it's a pretty wild uh, final scene, though. <laughs> it is. Like, how the hell do you interpret that? I don't know. <laughs> it's nuts. It's so odd. It's so... And then it ends. Yeah. And that's it. And not not only does... Like, so it ends and we get this ridiculous fucking song over the credits. Is it the oh. fucking Scar People song again? I can't, I can't remember. No, but no. It's, it's a different a, one. It's a very, very outrageous song mm. that does not fit the tone of what we've just <laughs> seen and then we're getting like a kind of like a montage of all the characters so it'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Harima played by and like all, yeah, all the yeah. people while this song's over the top like fuck it's like I was almost expecting to see like bloopers or something at the end, <laughs> you know it was such a fucking yeah. crazy tonal change again uh, yeah. yeah yeah oh man that that last scene just floored me. It was so yeah. good, and just something you can't you can't put into words. Mm. It's just an endless barrage of body horror, mm. and also like all those kind of that editing style we've seen throughout is it's mm. it's kind of cranked up in this mm. where there's all these crazy video effects over it. Yeah, lots of like disgusting liquids kind of 
merging oh, together yogurty white Yogi liquid white. mixing with blood and like pus and yeah oh. it's, uh, the it's tongue thing bad. though was yeah really oh, gross that's disgusting and it, it's just I think it is a real tongue, mate. I reckon it is. Oh, it's fucking disgusting. I, I, I think it's a fake tongue, but it's very like uh, it, what's the it, word? It looks De- good, dexterous. Like it's yeah. moving all over the place. Like a, there's like only a so tongue. much you can like stick your tongue out for enough for it to be able to protrude that. Unless they've like attached the prosthetic to like mm. his lips. On that's what I. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. They but might the have teeth done. look kind of like the not. teeth are, are not real. No. Definitely, yeah. Ooh, maybe they just so got gross. someone with a massive tongue to do oh, it. Maybe your host friend. He's <laughs> just got a regular tongue, I think. So I got a few, like, now we're done with the story, unless there's anything you want to mention about the ending nah, before mate. we. Nah, let's get on with it then. Get on with it. A couple on. of more bits of tits for you. This was. Did you recognize um, who. <laughs> what are you looking at? Just constantly readjusting yourself. Because <laughs> I got the most uncomfortable seat, <laughs> Jesus. Ugh. Did you. um... <laughs> Did you catch who this was filmed by? No. Ah. Go on. This then. was all right. I'm getting there. This was filmed by Kazuo Komizu, mm. aka Gaira, who you all know from the Guts of a Virgin oh, and Entrails of Beautiful oh, Films. So he filmed this. Okay. Which is bizarre, right? Hmm. Not only that, the special effects were by Yuichi Matsui, who also did the Guts of a Virgin stuff. He mm. did Cyclops, but more recently. He was the special effects artist for Ring. Loads of Mike films, like Audition, Ichi the Killer, Full Metal Yakuza, Bird People in China, Andromedia, Gozu. Like, he's done so many Mike films. Not only that, he did the special effects um, for the Japanese stuff for Kill Bill, the stuff that was ah, shot in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the special effects artist for Kill Bill was the same guy as Death Powder. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. How bizarre is that? So yeah, there's some few more interesting people that are involved. So, the big question is, why has this never been released? And there are kind of rumors around that this is the director's kind of black history, if you will. So, the thing that he made a long time ago and he doesn't want to put out anymore for, you know, changes of reasons or, you know, whatever. Uh, And that's not true. So, he actually went and did a screening of this. Mm. Granted, it was quite a few years ago, but he was asked about a potential DVD release. And he said, like, because uh, Dr. Lu, Kyoshiro, like, passed away, he just doesn't feel right about releasing it. And he says, like, he doesn't want to make money mm. on this. Mm. Uh, I think it, I think the loss of his friends, like, really kind of like hit him hard. So he just, fe- I don't know, he, he seems to be an interesting character when it comes to money. Right. Like I said mm. before, like he donates his musical royalties to people like who are in need, et cetera, et cetera. So for him to make money on something um, that his friend was in who'd passed, for mm. him, it doesn't seem like an ethical thing to do. It's just something mm. that he's not interested in doing. Mm. So he said like maybe one day, but it'll be very difficult for it to do for a while. So that's why this has never been released on uh, on DVD mm-hmm. or anything past VHS and beta. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Mad. I've seen this a bunch of times and I've never tried to understand it mm. up until like watching it for this podcast. Like I've always just watched it for the sake of the visuals. It's just such a fun film to just kind of mong out to and enjoy the mad <laughs> mong out. <to. laughs> the fuck is that? Mong never out. Heard that you mong out. Is that an English thing? No. We always say mong out. Never heard it. Really? It's like you smoked too much like weed and then you mong out. Right. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's like a PC thing. Or, that's probably not. I'm probably not allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> knock out. Never heard of it. Like, what do you say? When you just like, you get kind of to get like. Uh, yeah, I, you, I don't know. You, you veg out. Veg, veg out is just more like relaxing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go on, go on, go on. Anyway, Let's not it's one of those films on like I've out. never tried because it's such a difficult film to understand. I've never tried to understand it. I still don't mm. understand it. But I just love to put this on and enjoy the visuals because it is such a visually enjoyable film. I, I kind of wish that the uh, the burnt in subtitles weren't there because whenever they're there, I try. To, you know, I have to read them and then that makes my brain work and I have to try to understand what's going on. I wish they weren't there. I guess yeah, it's his weird stylistic choices. But, yeah, I think visually this film is fucking awesome. And mm. I love the music in this as well. Mm. Uh, I said the soundtrack is absolute dog shit. Yeah. And it is because the A side of this record are two songs that aren't even in the movie. Right. And yeah. the B side is the uh, the song that plays at the end in the credits and then the Scar People song mm. only. <laughs> not much yeah, going on. It's not there. much going on. But the way that the music is done in this like dr lou's entrance and him yeah. singing like i made an android <laughs> and then the scar people song getting played in reverse and shit yeah. as well like oh, I, I love it i absolutely love this i i would not recommend this to many but <laughs> but i think this is a film that if you can kind of get your head around the madness mm. there's a lot to enjoy yeah yeah mm. i i definitely yeah like i said at the start i watched it two times First time I enjoyed aspects of it, but uh, I was a bit, like, frazzled by yeah. the end of it. But then watching it a second time, yeah, I really, really appreciated it. And I think also just the fact that it's from 1986 mm. and the things that he's doing here just feel, you know, kind of uh, revolutionary in, mm. in a lot of ways. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, no matter what, even if you like or you know, dislike this film, you cannot deny that he's doing things it takes balls to do. Oh, yeah. Like, just some of the choices are so crazy. Mm. And just, yeah. So you said this this is the only thing he's directed? No, or? he's done two other films. Uh, one is Harlem Valentine's Day. Oh, right, yeah, you mentioned Which is that, a yeah. fantastic mm. pink film. Yeah. Like, really, really fucking good. That's got loads of similar, mm. insane stylistic choices. Yeah. And there's another film which I've not seen. I've heard it's not very good. Right. Yeah, but he's only done three. Yeah, it, it really feels like it's made by someone who's maybe not primarily a filmmaker because mm. he just does whatever the fuck he wants yeah, yeah. in the in the best possible way. Mm. But yeah, I, I really loved it. I thought it was great. And I'm really? glad I could finally see it because, as, as you said, this film does get talked about quite a lot surprisingly mm. for, for a film that is so completely insane it gets talked about a lot yeah <laughs> yeah one last thing to share so when this was released there was a, an exhibition and it was the uh, the art of death powder exhibition in tokyo and there they had he had loads of props from the film and apparently people who like reserved and you, you can buy the the tape the vhs or beta there as well but people who reserved in advance also got a copy of the script apparently mm. so somewhere there are copies of the script floating Ooh. around <laughs> and i feel like that is the key to yeah. understanding this i yeah. really want to get my hands on a copy of that <laughs> i've never seen any evidence of it existing mm. like you know photographic wise but just to know that there is mm. something like that floating around i'd love to get my hand on that yeah are you actively 
seeking that out, trying to find it. I mean, I have like the the death powder like things saved in uh yahoo auctions and stuff like an yeah. auction site so when something pops up i get a little notification mm. nothing ever pops up mm. like i think once or twice maybe a year a vhs will pop up i've already got the tape so i don't really need to buy that again i've never seen a copy of the beta and the only reason I know it exists is I have a flyer, like an ordering form for this right. film. Yeah, yeah. And you ha- you can tick a box VHS if you want the VHS or, or beta. beta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so there must be a beta right, somewhere, right. Yeah, but yeah. I've never seen evidence of one existing apart from the ordering form. Hmm. But I would love to get my hands on that. So there you go. How about the wrong omitter oh, for, for this film? Bloody hell. So... Wrong how wrong the film is, how fucked up it is, how much it shouldn't exist. I mean, it's, it's um, going to be a high one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go pretty high for this. I was thinking about it before. Mm. I think just the crazy fucking tonal shifts, mm. the music video in the, the middle of it that, like, with Dr. Lou, and, yeah, after hearing you talk about the director and the people involved, this is a wild film mm. that is kind of unlike anything and it's it's completely deranged yeah. completely fucking <laughs> demented uh i'm gonna go for an eight mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was also thinking eight mm. yeah right. i was on the fans eight or nine yeah i'm gonna I, go eight yeah I, I think it's a yeah it's, it's a solid eight it's a solid eight it's a solid eight all right well th- thanks for bearing with us guys <laughs> I hope you enjoyed your yogurts. <laughs> I love we spent all that time talking about yogurt at the start, and then I missed the part where yogurt comes out of his mouth. You you, you fucked it up fucked for it us up all, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Well, doing death powder. Yeah. This time. Yeah. Has influenced what I've chosen to do. Okay. For next time. Okay. Because our last few films have been really fucked. I'm exhausted. Really <laughs> fucked. So, yeah, we've done. What was it? Night Evil Soul, which was quite a mind fuck to oh, watch. Yeah. We did Limbo, which was a real mm. tough one to yeah. it's just this narratively very difficult. Mm. And then this, which is also very, very, very fucking hard to to make sense of. Yeah. So I'm going for something that in terms of narrative is pretty simple. Okay, good. But it's a fucked, fucked film. Good. And if you want to watch it before the episode comes out, it's very easy to get your hands on. It's uh-huh. on Tubi, of course. Your mate. So, yeah, definitely watch next week's film uh, before we get into it. But it, I should warn you, though, it's a pretty, like, offensive film. Okay. And there's something that happens in it that genuinely I could not believe that I was seeing <laughs> in a film from 1993. Right. So, the film we're going to do next time is a movie called Skinner. Skinner. Which I had never heard of mm. until stumbling across it on Tubi. Mm. It stars Ted Raimi. Oh, okay. And Tracy Lords. Oh. And oh. Ricky Lake. <laughs> okay. Isn't that fucking crazy? And it's directed by a guy called Ivan Nagy. He sounds this, like a nut. Yeah, we're going to find out <laughs> a lot of things about him right. next time as well. So, yeah, do watch it before Skinner. listening, though. Skinner. From 93. Yeah, 93. Be All careful, because right. there's quite a few films called Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. it's on Tubi, and I think it has a Blu-ray as well, so Ooh. pretty easy to get your hands on. So, yeah, Skinner. Well, there you go. Time. All right. And, as always, where can people find us? Uh, 
SMSW podcast. Yeah. On Twitter. On Twitter, that's it. And the email, do you remember that? It's just the name. SMSW. No, 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 no. Show me something wrong. At MySpace. No. <laughs> you can email us at show me something wrong at gmail.com. And hey, leave us a review, guys, yeah. on Apple Podcasts. Look how tired we both are yeah. reviewing these bloody films. Yeah. <laughs> I, bl- I, I blame the movies. There have been a bad influence on us. All right, mate. Well, let's go. I've got a tub of yogurt in the fridge. Let's oh. dig into it. <laughs> let's get involved in that yogurt.